audience. So if you pay attention over the course of the past several weeks, I've done a fair amount of focusing my preaching on the figure of St. Joseph uh, as he is presented in the gospel readings. And so I, I kind of like to do the same thing today as we celebrate the presentation of Jesus in the temple. You notice in the very, very beginning of the gospel that it is both Mary and Joseph, parents of our Lord, who present him to the temple uh, in this rite prescribed by the law. Now, I always thought it was interesting, sort of looking at the example of Joseph as it relates to uh, our faith today, particularly the practice of the faith for men, is that Joseph brought his family to church. He made sure they went to Mass, to church, Mass back then, of course, bringing the temple, fulfilling the rights and the duties and obligations that he had as a Jew. And so the same way he gives men in the world today, particularly fathers, an example, and they should all follow, of participating in the faith, of being the religious leader, not sitting at home and watching television or going and hunting or whatever, but bringing kids to mass, participating, being a spiritual father. But this is something that I believe has always probably been a struggle for men. It seems that faith and the practice of religion tends to be a bit easier for women. But I believe that the crisis that men are facing today when it comes to their faith and the practice of faith is probably the worst that we've seen in many, many generations, if not many centuries. For men in general, but in particular, I believe, for the younger generation. Yeah, the millennials, but more specifically, the generation of college and high school guys today, iGen or the Generation Z. It is very, very difficult and a great challenge to be able to truly be men of faith, men of prayer, and men of religion like St. Joseph. And there are a number of reasons for this. Most of them, not all, but most of them out of the control of young men today. One of them is cultural. There's a confluence of forces on a cultural and societal level that make it difficult to believe. First is the rise of the phenomenon of the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. So many young people today who are nothing. They have no religious affiliation, no desire to practice any form of spirituality. Bishop Robert Barron has talked a lot about this phenomena, particularly in the church today. But also we're seeing a crisis of masculinity. Because of a number of different factors in culture, men are confused about what it means to be a man, how to truly live out an adequate masculinity. And that's part of, it's because of the population, and we know this is true, and we know that it speaks to the heart of men because of the popularity of Jordan Peterson, who I talked about before several years ago, a Canadian psychologist who's become so popular with his YouTube videos and books particularly among young men who were looking for role models and answers. 
You won't see in the breakdown of the family. We have seen so many marriages ending in divorce. And so young men growing up without proper role models. Or if the family is together, the dad is disassociated. He's not able to give an adequate example of what it means to be a man and a father to their children. And of course, third and finally, the personal choices that afflict many young men today. Choices that lead to not only severe addiction, but also to tremendous amounts of shame. Walking around shameful of who they are, the choices they make, the things they do in secret, and as a result, it makes it very difficult for them to live their faith and also associate in proper relationships, particularly with members of the opposite sex. And I can tell you, from my now 10 years as a priest here at Our Lady of Wisdom and working with college students, I've seen a big difference. When I first got here, I was working with the end of the millennial generation, and now college students are firmly planted in this new iGen or Generation Z. Now, I'm not making any judgment call, fellas. I'm not pointing any fingers at all, but there is a big difference in the guys 10 years ago and the guys that I see now. Granted, there are outliers, and I'm not trying to say any of you are terrible, but in general, I see my experience, and particularly talking to young women, a lot fewer viable dating prospects. True, of the ladies are laughing. <laughs> Guys simply are not mature enough. There's something stunted about them. They don't have that spiritual or even human maturity like they did even 10 years ago. There are many guys that are hanging around, they may see guys, and no one they're interested in dating. No one they think that could really provide for them, make them secure, or show them the love they needed. They've got too many problems. There's a lack of maturity. But also, I've seen quite clearly a very great lack of potential prospects for the priesthood. When I was here 10 years ago, I could pick them out. This guy has it, this guy has it, this guy has it. Not only did I believe they have a call, but they had the personal human and spiritual maturity that enabled them to follow. While I see a number of guys around the student center that I think have potential calls, very few have the maturity to be able to respond to that call and live out the disciplined life that it takes to be a seminarian today. All of this became so apparent to me over the course of the last week. Many of you may know for the past six or seven years, we have been doing a Greek retreat a retreat for fraternity and sorority students here at UL and beyond. And as usual, girls outnumber the guys, not only in general campus ministry, in retreats and activities, and even the Greek retreat. When we first started, the girls outnumbered the guys three to one or four to one. That's pretty average across the board here and throughout the nation. But I have gradually seen a decline over that time. Now, granted, the Greeks are a specific subset. I know a lot of you here are Greeks. I'm not trying to pick at you, but I'm just trying to tell the facts. This year, right now, a week out, we have about 100 people signed up for Greek retreat. Seven of them are guys. Seven. So for me as a Generation Xer, and if there are baby boomers out there, this should blow your mind. Fellas, you got... 90 wonderful women there. 
and you think, in your mind at least, you're cooler than half the other guys. So the girls outnumber the guys more than 10 to 1. I would have started my own fraternity in, high, in college if I would have had those odds. But I could beg and plead, even for guys who are complete atheists to come, and they won't do it. We've got a really, really serious problem. This is on a basic human level. This is not about spirituality. This ability to be with members of the opposite sex, to have that confidence to go, even if your religious faith is not as strong, something's wrong. And I think all those factors lead to that lack of maturity that is typified in these declining numbers. Now, I am not here to yell at the fellows. I did that two years ago with my pleasure island homily. If you want to go back and listen to it, you can. I'm here instead to offer solutions, not to shame anybody, because I think most fellows live with enough shame as it is, nor to really get into the roots of the issue, but to be able to try to offer some very practical solutions, not only to the guys here, who maybe this is speaking to, but also to some of the parents when it comes to raising your children, because parents, most parents of kids today in Generation Z are Generation Xers. And guess what? We have the obligation to raise and form those young people and to instill in them the habits necessary, not only religious, but human. And that's what I really want to focus on today, because the truth is we can do everything we can to try to build and give religious values, but if we don't have basic human formation, those religious values cannot take root. There's sort of an obscure French saint, I believe, of the 19th century. His name is Saint Eugene de Mazenod, who founded the sort of small missionary order. There's a wonderful quote from him that sort of sums it up. He says, we must lead people to act like human beings, first of all, and then like Christians, and finally we must help them to become saints. You can't be a Christian, you can't be a saint, unless you got basic human values. And that's what we're going to talk about. In order to counter the bad habits and the shame and the cultural garbage that is dumped on young men today, I want to offer three areas of help. Head, hands, and heart. Because all three of these areas, if misused, can bring us into a pit of shame and sin. But if used well on a human level, can lay the foundation for spiritual growth. And I'll be very practical. Head using our brains. This applies to guys and girls, but I'm really focusing on guys here. Several suggestions for using the head, the intellect. Fellas, do some puzzles. I don't care if it's a crossword puzzle. It could be a word find. It could be any kind of puzzle that engages your ability to use logic and reason, to pay attention, some brain teasers. We need those types of things, particularly guys who tend to be very good at this. It gives us that exercise and it can take our mind off of things we shouldn't be thinking about. So do some puzzles. Number two, read. I don't care if it is a book or an article or whatever. Read specifically, read nonfiction. Now here's the one part where I will get angry. Do not tell me I don't read. It's like, it's a childish thing to say. I don't eat spinach. I don't do that. 
You're a human being. You have brains. You need to learn to read. I don't care if you prefer YouTube. Read and exercise the brain. I don't care what you read on. Your favorite sports figure, a biography, something about war. Learn to read and quit being Philistines. Because what happens is when we don't know how to read and use our brain, we become easily manipulated. Easily manipulated by the powers that be. So learn to read specifically nonfiction. Engage your intellect. And finally, you guys are going to like this, argue. Particularly with your friends. This is one of the things guys should love to do. Get together with a bunch of guys, and if you're over 21, using moderation, maybe have a beer, and start arguing with each other about who's the best quarterback, about politics, about religion. I don't care what it's about, but don't use the argumentation that we see on TV. You're stupid. I disagree. You're wrong. Back it up with facts. Call out fallacies. Debate. Learn how to have dialogue with others and to be able to stand up for your opinion, to be able to think through things and not get offended and wah, wah, wah whenever someone disagrees with you. This is something valuable that trains the head. Granted, you could figure other things out too, but I'm giving you some practical things. Number two, the hands. Learn to change the oil in your car. That's one of the things that my dad taught me how to do, even though no one does it now. But basically, it's a way of saying, use your hands to fix things. Learn how to change a flat tire. Go on YouTube if you have to, to learn how to change a light bulb. I don't care what it is. Learn how to do and fix things. Guys, ladies love this. They love it. But if we form it out to everybody without knowing how to base, do basic, simple tasks with our hands, we're going to feel kind of useless. Number two, and this is going to sound crazy, be Michelangelo. You know Michelangelo? He painted the Sistine Chapel. He was also, could draw, he was also a sculptor. He made art. Create something with your hands, fellas. I don't care if you got to go watch some old Bob Ross videos on YouTube. Paint, take some clay, make a sculpture, draw, create something with your hands that lasts, that you can be proud of, and that hopefully is somewhat beautiful. So often now we say, oh, art's not for men. All the greatest artists have been men who learn to create things with their hands that still last. When you can make something beautiful, particularly, fellas, if you make it for your girlfriend, assuming that one day you have one, <laughs> they'll love it. They'll love it. Even if it looks silly, it doesn't matter. Be an artist. And third, learn to build something. I don't care if it's a chair, a table, a kneeler, a little box for your whatever. We need to learn to build something. Use a hammer, use some nails, use some wood. Create something that you can be proud of. You can be small and then as you get older, learn to build something big. Be like St. Joseph and Jesus. Build things. You'll one day become an architect. Learn to really build things that make the world better, that make you proud of doing things with your hands. Don't build things with Minecraft. Or don't build Pokemon armies either. Build created real things with your hands. And then finally, the heart. Now this one you're going to think is crazy. Go hold some puppies and kittens. 
If you don't have any puppies or kittens or you're allergic, go watch cute animal videos on YouTube. They're going to melt your heart. They're going to let you and put you in touch with deeper feelings and emotions. And particularly, guys who have puppies with them, the girls really like. Be able to have some sensitivity to small creatures that are cute and beautiful. Tough guys can do that. Melt our hearts when we see these cute little animals and then eventually cute little babies. Number two, when it comes to this, go listen to the opera. If you don't want to listen to the opera, listen to some beautiful symphony or some Chopin or some Tchaikovsky. I don't care what it is. Music, not garbage rap music or death metal or whatever else, but classical music, beautiful music, has the ability to touch the heart. Sing the songs if you want. Serenade your girlfriend, assuming you could say in pitch. It doesn't matter. But to be able to listen to music and let it transform our minds and our beings, beautiful music gets in touch with our deepest emotions. It stirs us. And to be a guy who knows his classical music, or at least can pick a tune, is something that is essential to being a man. And third and finally, spend some time going to the nursing home and listening to the stories of the old people. Don't run your mouth. Listen. Listen to their stories. Care about them. Show some connection. It elicits an emotional response and ability to do some empathic listening. These things change the heart in order for us to be able to be better humans. In conclusion, these are all nice little practical things that we can do, but the truth is it's kind of hard to teach yourself. YouTube is great, books are great, but the reality is throughout history, how have men learned to do these things? The basic human things of the head, the hands, and the heart that build us up and help us avoid the pitfalls of sin and the flesh, we tend to learn it from other men. We tend to apprentice, to have mentors, coaches, priests, uh, teachers, dads, grandfathers, individuals who can teach us these things. So if you don't know it, you're bound to know someone who knows how to do these things. Ask them to teach you. Because what happens is not only do you learn, but you begin to form that relationship. How do you think Jesus learned to do these human things? to be able to add and to think and do logical, logical manipulations with his mind? How did he learn to build things as a carpenter? How did he learn to love? He learned it from his dad, St. Joseph. He learned it from his mom on the human level. And we can learn the same thing if we make those connections. This is a really serious issue. Not only for our young men, hopefully offering some encouragement as a way forward, also to the young ladies who would like to one day marry these young men and are to be able to encourage them instead of pounding more shame on them and then all to the parents and grandparents and relatives to learn to form as St. Joseph of Jesus, the leaders, the men, the future of our church and our culture. Amen.